Welcome to A Culture of the Supernatural. Hi, this is Apostle Jonathan Bird. Using my experience as a springboard, I want to share with you steps that you can take to begin the process of walking in the supernatural. Amazing progress can be made by both men and women who are willing to be disciples. True freedom is a result of understanding and receiving the truth about yourself and your creator. Come and join with me in today's message. All right, if you have your notepads, I have a couple of nuggets I want to give you. Make sure you write these nuggets down because you'll probably be quizzed on them and hear them again. Number, nugget number one. Your memory replays your past. Your imagination preplays your future. Your memory replays your past. Your imagination preplays your future. Nugget number two, those who don't respect your time will not respect your wisdom. Don't waste your time. Those who don't respect your time will not respect your wisdom. So pastors, don't waste your time. That's why when Apostle Soul says, you know what? I don't have time to visit him. And walks away and goes back to what he's doing. Well, Apostle, how could you? That is so cruel. How could you? They came in for help. He just look at you and laughs. Is there anything else? You want to get back to work? Why? Because he knows something about that person you don't know. And they won't respect his time. They call him on in the middle of the night. He can say he's with his family having dinner. They'll just keep on talking. They'll call him early in the morning. So I didn't mean to wake you up, but you did. <laughs> I'm saying it for you, Apostle. <laughs> I mean, they'll just, you know, and it's like, it's a no-brainer. And so when you don't have time for me on Sunday morning, right before I have to preach, and he just keeps walking because he's focused, how could you do that, apostle? And he said, well, just stand here with him, talk to him till I get back. Why? Because they don't respect his time, therefore they don't deserve his wisdom. It'll help you grow and learn as you begin to move in the supernatural because not everybody want everybody. People always want what you have, but they do not want you. People wanted what Jesus had, but they didn't want him. So you'll learn where to put God's wisdom at. The Bible says don't give what is holy to dogs. Oh, Jesus said it. Now you can say, you can tell him you don't like it. But Jesus said a whole lot of straightforward things to a lot of people. And he didn't pull any punches about it either. And so sometimes you just have to say some hard things to some people. It's the only way they'll understand. Mothers, you know all about that when you tell your children, no. I remember when my grandmother, I always say, Grandma, the ice cream truck was coming. She says, no. And I said, well, Grandma, you got money. She said, no. And I said, well, I see it in your purse. <laughs> <laughs> And so then after I got knocked down for looking in a purse, because, <laughs> you know, you have to come back to consciousness because your mouth just told on you. And, and, and you know, then you, she smack you down, then you get up, and she say, well, I got money, but it ain't for that. Do you understand that? I got it, but it ain't for that. Bullet number three, anything broken can be repaired. Anything closed can be open and anything lost can be recovered. Always remember that. Why will I say that? Because nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. 
So anything broken can be repaired, anything closed can be opened, anything lost can be recovered. Why? Because you are full of the Holy Spirit. When the servant came to the prophet, the, one of the sons of the prophet, they were building a place and they were cutting down some limber and they came to the prophet and said, I borrowed an axe and the axe head has got lost and it fell into the water and he thought it was lost. And the prophet told him it wasn't lost. It could be found. Number four, never gaze at something that does not belong in your future. You hear that, men? Never gaze at nothing that doesn't belong in your filter. Make a covenant with your eyes. If it don't belong in your future, don't touch it. Part of my calling as an apostle is to bring revelation, deliverance, healing, and the removing of demonic spirits, the releasing of captivity, breaking chains, of bondages, shattering the gates of hell, and breaking the spirits of witchcraft, destroying curses and illegal covenants, unfolding mysteries, revealing secrets, and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's part of the mantle that God has placed on my life and the life of your apostle. Living in the spirit and walking in the prophetic becomes a way of life for a child of God. Living in the spirit and walking in the prophetic. The prophetic has to be walked out and you have to live in the spirit. I've learned, and I want to share some things I've learned with you over the short period of time. God has called me over 31 years. I've learned never to be intimidated by initiative, ambition, or degree of completion. All of these things can be healthy, but they can also fall under the power of the demonic completeness of influence. Let me say that to you again. Never be intimidated by initiative, ambition, or degree of completion. All of these things can be healthy, but can also fall under the power of the demonic completeness of influence. What do I mean by that? Having the opportunity to travel the world a little bit, I've been blessed to be in the presence of presidents, great men and women of dignitary, prime ministers, some of the greatest apostles around in our day. And when you're in their presence, you can never be intimidated by their education, their status, or their degree. You have to be confident that you've been anointed by the Most High God. And you have to be confident, and you have to know it. It ain't something you hope for, hope God do something, as you have to know it. You have to sit at the table with people who are world changers, globe changers, and you have to know when they ask you and look across that table, man of God, what is God saying for our country? And you better know it. It may be the only opportunity you will ever have again to answer those questions. 
And you better know what the Lord is saying. You will open your mouth and prophesy. You will open your mouth and you will give a word of knowledge. You will open your mouth and you will speak it. You will open your mouth and if the Lord tells you to get up and lay hands on him, you will do so in the midst of soldiers ready to kill you and shoot you down at a second. But you have to know that this is what the Spirit of the Lord says. And your confidence has to be in him. Not in his country, not in his status, not in his kingdom, not in his army, but in the Lord. You could never be intimidated by walking into a campus college and walking into a dean's office. And the moment you walk into their campus, you're going to feel education is power. And you'll feel, you'll feel the force of its power the moment you walk in it. But you are a man and a woman of God. And the scripture says, blessed is he who comes. In the name of the Lord. And you better know it. You get that confidence in your heart. Nothing in this earth can stand before you if God sends you. No army, no king, not his kingdom, not hell's gates. So some of those things I've learned over the years, the anointing is never competitive. The anointing is never competitive to systems of dominance and control. You'll never have to perform in systems of dominance and control. The anointing is not competitive. Never feel that you have to perform. I told you I went to a funeral once, and um, when I got to the funeral home, just before they were ready to start, I visited with the funeral director. It was a wonderful Hispanic family, and it was a very large family. There was probably a few hundred people in the room, and on one side was probably about 100-plus people on one side, and they were just all family, just on that one side of the room. When I walked over to, uh, to view the casket, the body in the casket, uh, just before the start of service, um, the the, the daughter brought the, the grandma up as she was translating to me and the family came up, several people of the family, they were all around the casket and, and she was translating to me and she looked at me and she said Apostle Bird, my grandma wants you to raise her grandson from the dead she's so glad you were here that was an extremely awkward moment your first thought is what will you do because they've heard you preach week after week after week about faith, the supernatural, miracles. So here you are now faced with it. The anointing is never competitive. Don't test God. Never tempt the Lord. Jesus said these words. He said, Father, just before he called Lazarus forth, he says, Lord, I don't say these things because of me. I say these things because of them who are standing here. So, Apostle, what did you do? I looked at that family and that grandma, and I told that grandma that it's appointed unto man to die once, and after that, the judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You see, she didn't want to let him go. And the test was not for me to raise him from the dead. The test for them to understand how God operates, how life operates and how God is in their life. Nothing dies in God. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. 
Light and darkness are the same with him. And when people who don't understand that, they don't understand. They think that God, how could God allow my mother to die? Well, she lived her life. Well, how did God allow my sister to die? Well, maybe your sister didn't. God didn't allow her to die. Maybe your sister did. Had she lost some weight, her heart might have kept pumping. Now, that sounds hard, doesn't it? But people don't want to live in the reality of the truth that God has birthed them in. It's the reality of the truth. This temple becomes my responsibility to be a good steward over it. Do you understand that? That is the truth. And I'm not saying that's true in everybody's situation. Every situation is different. But you have to do all, then God does the rest. Does that make sense to you? And sometimes people's greatest miracle is what they can do for themselves. There are people who come to the altar and they'll come out to me. It was a woman about two weeks ago. She came out to me and, and um, she said, uh, she said uh, Pastor Bird, I, I, I need prayer. I says, okay, well, you're in the prayer line. This, that's a good start. And, and so, she, so I said, well, what do you believe in the Lord do for you? She says, well, me and my boyfriend, we're not getting along. I think he's doing something wrong, and, and I just don't know what to do. And, and she started crying and said, would you pray for me? And I says, no. I said, you see that spot over there on that side of the altar? I says, you need that spot over there. And the other pastor who was standing beside me, she said, Apostle Bird, she says, I don't mean no disrespect, but don't you think that's kind of cruel? I says, no, it's cruel for you to think that. And she said, why? Because I said, that woman want me to pray. She want me to bless her sin. I'm not going to do it. I said, she need to go over there and repent for the relationship she in. I am not going to bless. Why? Because I know God hears me when I pray. And I am not going to put a pure, clean anointing on your sin. So, honey, over there is the repentance stage. We've been thinking about putting a sign over there to say repent. Do you understand that? It was the first message that John the Baptist, in fact, in fact, baptism, repentance was the first altar call to baptism. And John the Baptist preached it. He says repent. And people came to the Jordan and repented of their sins. That was the first altar call was to repent. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. So, so she went around me, went back to over there and got in another line. And I was watching to see what my trained altar workers would do. And they prayed for her, laid hands on her. And I spoke to them after the service and said, you shouldn't have done that. I said, I told her to go over there and repent. And I said, you don't bless her sin. I said, the church is not going to keep paying for people's sin. It's like the people who call your church and say, Pastor, I need, I need money for rent. <laughs> And he said, no. He tell Pastor Ken, don't write her no check. Well, why? No. No. If she's got to live in, they can make it. But that's not merciful, Pastor. No. The church is not going to pay for their sin. We will pay and help you if you need help. But you have to make some effort to live right. Is that not true, Apostle? You got to make some effort to live right. If you don't make any effort to live right, then we just keep handing out money, good money for bad. We're not being a good steward. Your apostle's not being a good steward over the tithe, your tithe money that you bring to the house of God. 
Now, there, are, there, there can be exceptions where a woman is being in a relationship, she's being battered, the children are in danger. That's different. But just pay your rent because y'all got carried away and you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't smoke up all your money. You know that old ghost you don't never catch. <laughs> you, you, you ain't gonna never catch it. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so can you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And then you want, you want your family, your 80 year old grandmama, you know, to pay your rent for you who's living on social security because you don't want to stop sinning. No. That ain't what I'm talking about. But I just want you to know the anointing is not competitive. You, you understand that? Thank you so much. I'm okay. I prayed for I got here. I, I, I ain't mad at nobody. I just want you to know just some things I've learned over the years. Okay, you should respect systems of education and authority, but always remember, blessed is he who comes in the name of of the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, in the passing translation, these words. It's true that our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I am free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. That's a choice that we make, never to be enslaved or in bondage to anything. It's a choice that people make, and it liberates them and sets them free for the miraculous to happen in their life. It's choosing never to be in bondage to anything. In John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 49 and 50, from the Passion Translation, these words, For I am not speaking as someone who is self-appointed, this is Jesus' words, but I speak by the authority of the Father himself who sent me and who instructed me what to say. And I know that the Father's commands results in eternal life. In other words, in supernatural life. And that's why I speak the very words I heard him speak. Never be intimidated because of people's academic skills or their diplomas or their rank or their degrees. You can respect it, but never be intimidated by it. Why? Because the anointing doesn't bow to anything but Jesus. And when God speaks a word into your heart and speaks it into your life, you say what he says and says it like he says it as it flows through a heart of love and it'll be received as the Lord spoke it to you because that word will be for them. That word will be for their life and it'll be received. Caution. The best advice that I can give you is when you begin to operate in the supernatural, not to get carried away at the moment. It is so easy to get carried away when you, when, when all of a sudden the anointing begins to flow out of your life and, and it amazes you what God is doing. You don't always feel what God is doing, but you see the results of what he's doing, of, of something or someone standing in front of you. Never get carried away at the moment. Never lose your head in the gate of the anointing. When the anointing is flowing, you keep all your faculties straight. Do you understand that? Because that's a critical moment. And it's so critical that if you don't keep your, 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 your head straight in the gate, your mouth will say something out of your heart. 
and a moment that you know not, your heart will be revealed because of the anointing. And you'll be like, oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. And you'll be embarrassed. So you have to learn how to stand up under the anointing. If you don't learn how to stand up in the anointing, you'll always be eating carpet. Okay? Never let emotional electricity replace doctrinal purity. You never let the emotions of the moment replace doctrinal purity. That's important. That's why it is so important to stay in the presence of the Lord so that your heart is clean and washed before him. Because in a moment you know not under the anointing, your mouth will speak what's in your heart. And if it doesn't speak what's in your heart, in a moment that you do not know a demon would speak from somebody else you may be ministering to and call out your sin. You don't have to be afraid of the anointing when your heart is pure. When you've been in the presence of the Lord and your heart is pure and your motives is pure. The king told Abraham, he says, Abraham, he told Abraham, he told God, he said, God, I've done this thing. I wasn't going, how come you didn't tell me she was your wife? You should have told me she was your wife, but you didn't tell me. So he says, I've done this in the integrity of my heart. I didn't know it wasn't your wife. I mean, it's, it's my job. I'm, I'm king. It's what I do. I have harems. <laughs> That's what I do. So you should have told me she was your wife. I wouldn't have never touched her. And he said, he said, Abraham, man of God, I've done this in the integrity of my heart. In other words, my heart was right. I didn't know it was your wife because you didn't tell me. So when your heart is right, and your heart is pure before the Lord. And the anointing can flow through a pure vessel. And when you begin to see what is doing to the person in front of you or to a crowd around you, never lose your head in the gate. It is important that you learn how to stand and operate under the function and the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit. It is very important that you understand it. This is Apostle Bird. So glad that you tuned into the podcast. I'm looking forward to you enjoying it again. Come with us soon and meet us with our next Supernatural Podcast. God bless you.